The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about social media, and we can never do enough about this. And we have one of our very favorite guests that we keep inviting back. She's really wonderful. And as a matter of fact, she recently wrote an article for this booklet that we did for the State Bar, actually our journal for the uh, Bottom Line Journal. And she wrote an article that is wonderful. It's called Addressing Social Media Security and Privacy Challenges. And I'm so thrilled that she joined us in this endeavor. It's a great journal and she's a great lady. And if you haven't heard her before, if you've been following our show and you didn't hear her, you really missed something. But let me tell you a little bit about her background. Rebecca Harold is the CEO of the Privacy Professor. So not only is she a privacy expert, but she is also a security expert. And she's got so many letters behind her name. She's got the CIPPIT, which is Certified Information Privacy Professional IT. Then she's got the CIPPUS for the United States. And she's got the CISSP, the CS. M, the CSI, CSA, the FLMI, all these different clarifications that she's got in certifications. She is just wonderful, but she is really a widely recognized and respected privacy expert, and she's been providing information privacy, security, and compliance services, tools and products, books that she's written to all sorts of information uh entities, organizations, government. She has an extensive range of industries that she's been helping for over 20 years. And she is a partner for the Compliance Helper and BA Tracker Services for healthcare organizations and their business associates to meet their HIPAA requirements and their high-tech and other legal requirements. Because now we have the federal laws dealing with healthcare privacy. Rebecca is also, as I said before, she's the CEO of the Privacy Professor, which provides information security and providing uh, and privacy consulting. And she's a great trainer, and she has products and services and books. And she is uh, currently, she serves on multiple advisory boards for security, privacy, and high-tech technology organizations. And we're always thrilled to have her back and share her expertise with us. Rebecca, we love you. Thank you for joining us from Iowa. Well, thank you so much, Mari. I'm really happy to be here with you today. And I always just really enjoy speaking with you so much. And it was finally that we met 
two years ago in person. We talked on the phone so many times that it was fun when we met in, in Washington, D.C. at that IEPP conference. That was just so much fun to actually be able to hug you in person. And you are oh, the definitely. best. <laughs> so let's talk about this issue of social media, which is really just pervasive in our lives. Uh, what is one of the most significant information privacy um, risks that we you know, have with social media? And then we'll talk about the security ones. Okay, sure. Well, yeah, talk about pervasive. And it just keeps creeping out into our lives, you know, more and more as we have more types of social media sites and we have more types of capabilities throughout them. But, you know, with regard to privacy, well, there's just so many. But I think one of the things um, that's very significant with regard to privacy risk is that people are posting a lot of really sensitive personal information out there and they think that they have the appropriate privacy settings uh, within their site, their own personal site. But, you know, they don't realize that when the different social media sites are updated or changed, oftentimes those settings change too. And then all of a sudden when they think they've had their personal settings tightened down, now, all of a sudden, a lot more people can see them. So um, that's one problem. And, and related to that is when they have friends who they've given um, access to on their social media sites who take that information and repost it elsewhere. And I've seen a lot of people do this. You know, they think, oh, that's a really cool photo or that's really a a good piece of information. I'm just going to put it out there and share it for everybody else to see and they don't ask them first. And then all of a sudden, you know, they find that something that they had meant to be limited to only their personal friends is being shared throughout the entire internet. And it's something that has, has really caused them uh, some problems. And, you know, Rebecca, we can, like, if I took a picture of you at IAPP and I'd say, oh, somebody take a picture of Rebecca and I, and maybe you didn't like that picture, mm-hmm. and I put it up on my website, you know, without asking you, that would, uh, on my social media website, that would be something that you might be really uncomfortable. I mean, I've seen some pictures that people have posted and they tag me or whatever you want to call it, and I go, oh my God, I hate that picture. Take it down, <laughs> you know? Or yeah. it might be something that, you know, you, you're, you're in a position that maybe you look kind of funny, like I went to a, um, a party and I just picked up something and I looked really stupid and I thought, oh my God, what if, you know, what if this picture, because my secretary took this picture of me and I thought, oh my God, what if this picture gets up on social media? You know, I mean, it was just silly, but you know, that kind of stuff, you don't even realize maybe somebody's taking a picture of you. Oh, exactly. Because, you know, you can't tell. I mean, it's so easy for people to take photos of you without even knowing it. And I'm glad you brought up about the tagging because that is a very important setting in Facebook that people don't realize that they can have at least some control over. I mean, they can't necessarily prevent someone from posting their photo online, but you can go into your personal settings, your privacy settings, and you can make it so that those tags, people don't or are not able to tag you within a photo unless you've given them approval to do so. And that's what I've done with uh, with my settings. I, I have it so that if 
if someone tries to tag me within their photos, I have to actually go in and approve of it before I allow that tag to be associated with a photo. So that's one way you can help to mitigate, anyway, uh, some of the privacy problems because you don't want to have your name maybe associated with a photo, especially if it's not even of yourself. I mean, I've had people put photos up and try to tag me in them because they wanted me to see the photo. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But, you know, it had nothing to do with me. It wasn't of me. It was other people. Or I actually had a person post a bunch of peppers from his garden, and he knew (laughs) that I liked to garden, and he tagged the peppers with my name. And it's like, well, I don't really want to (laughs) have photos of peppers with my name on it, you know? It was really kind of odd. Maybe he was going to name his peppers after you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe a a new variety of uh, peppers to grow. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so what are some of the other privacy settings that you suggest that people uh, tap into and, and set? Well, certainly um, their passwords. Make sure that you use a strong password into your account and make it so that it's not something that you use on your banking site or for your business site. I mean, that's something that's really scary to me to see so many people using the same password for Facebook or Twitter that they use for their bank. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) You know, you don't want to do that because just look at how many people are on Facebook and, you know, behind the scenes that are managing the site that actually have access to those passwords. Um, And just think about, you know, with the ability now that we've seen uh, that the NSA and other organizations have to be able to crack potentially crack those encrypted passwords, you you want to make sure that you keep stuff that's really important to you and sensitive um, under a different password altogether. So using a good password is, is so important. Um, and also the social media apps that connect to oh, yes. the social media. You know, there's so many social media apps out there, Mari. I mean, literally thousands and a lot of these apps were created without any thought or or very little thought going into building in privacy controls and security controls. So now, all of a sudden, you have these social media apps that are communicating and sometimes posting directly to your Facebook site or um, posting to your friend's Facebook site, you know, they're doing things and um, posting information on your behalf that maybe you just didn't want to have them post or they collected personal information from you and now that they're sharing them with who knows how many other organizations and marketing firms. So Right, and you have to check their privacy policies if you can find them. Exactly, and, and that last statement you made is very important because a lot of times when you go to what's um, advertised or labeled as their their privacy notice, you'll find that the privacy notice often says, you know, we are going to share this information with others that we think will find it useful. And, and it really doesn't provide any type of privacy protections whatsoever. So definitely check those privacy notices. And if it's something that you don't you know, you feel funny about or you think, well, gosh, I don't want to have all this information shared with, you know, potentially thousands of others or posted on an Internet site, 
then don't use that social media app. I mean, there's plenty of others out there for you to use. And plus, you know, you have to remember, right, and you know this better than I do, that if this stuff is free, there, you know, it isn't free. There is no free lunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, exactly. if, they're, if they're giving it to you free, they're getting something out of it. And, oh, yeah, and, and usually it's your information that's the value to them. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about the security risks when we use social media. Oh, and, you know, those are growing, too. Um, There's so much malicious code. And when I say malicious code, I'm talking about viruses and worms, which is code that just keeps replicating itself throughout your system until your system comes to a standstill. Um, And phishing messages and spoofing messages you'll find that a lot of times there'll be information posted on your timeline, perhaps from one of your friends, and you think, oh, well, my friend's saying that I should go check this out, that it's something that's Uh. important. You know, I I saw some phishing messages that came out when Kate Middleton had, you know, her baby. Of course, that was all over the place. And, of course, it's very um, tempting when you see something that says, oh, click here to see the very first photos of the baby and you think, oh, well, yeah, I want to see those photos. And then that's a phishing um, ploy. And once you click it, you know, you could go to a site that could be loading malicious code on your, your computer or it might be taking files from your computer or it might be loading a key uh, logger on your computer. There's so many different things um, that can be done that you just aren't even aware of visibly. Yeah, you know, and like when we're using our regular computers or our laptops, we, most of us now know we have our routers and we have our Norton and we have all of these different antivirus and anti-hacking and anti, you know, everything, anti-malware stuff, which isn't perfect anyway, but at least we're doing that. But I'm thinking about when people are on their mobile devices, when they're on their, uh, their iPads and their you know, their notebooks and their their iPhones and their Windows phone like I have. I mean, that that's even scarier, isn't it? I mean, I can do social media. I'll, I'll see something really neat and I will upload it to Facebook and say, look at this sunset or something. Isn't this beautiful? And I'll upload it. But I'm so afraid to even download stuff on my social media. Should I be scared? Well, yeah, I think that's very good to be cautious. Um, and even if it is something that you see some of your friends, uh, that, that it looks like your friends have posted, you should always check those types of files for viruses. And, and that's, like you said, it's not 100% because there are many what are called zero-day threats out there. And that means that these are new types of viruses or malicious uh, code that has simply not been identified yet, and you might be one of the lucky first ones to get it to infect your computer. So you have to be very careful about that. And, you know, another thing that you just said that kind of reminded me about how when you are downloading or uploading uh, to social media sites, are you on a wireless network? Uh, Maybe you went to, you know, a, a... a coffee shop or the public library or... Or a hotel. Hotel, airport. I mean, airports all have their um, wireless uh, networks. Well, if you don't have security on that wireless network, 
there's some very easy-to-use tools that uh, the crooks and other types of, of bad people will use to go out and look at everything that's going over the wireless network, and they will grab the files that they find interesting. So you need to make sure if you're using social media sites from a wireless network that you're on a secured wireless network. Otherwise, whatever you are looking at online or downloading or uploading um, to social media sites, that might be something that other people on that unsecured wireless network could get to as well. Well, how about, uh, you know, security on our mobile devices? How about when I'm when people are on their iPhone or when people are on, you know, their Samsung, whatever it is, you know, their Android or I'm on my Windows 8 phone? What what about that? What can you advise us about that? Because that's, you know, we, we are tethered. I mean, I can see people who are sitting at lunch and they're texting each other back and forth. And, oh. and uh, you know that's crazy. I mean, they're just tethered to it. Or I was talking to um, a, a, a relative the other day, a, my grandson, and you know he's he's older, and I and we're talking away, and he's like texting, you know, as we're talking. Mm-hmm. People are so tethered to that; it's crazy. So, what should they be doing? Since they are literally, they've got it sewn to their hip, so to speak. Um, what should they be doing to protect themselves for security when they're on their their phones? Well, you know, when you when you are um, accessing those social media sites from your smartphone, you've really introduced another party into your your activities. That's your telecommunications providers. So, whenever you are going to social media from your smartphone, now you also have a log of your activities to social media sites and what you're doing on the social media sites. That's being logged. This is what's called the metadata, and a lot of your listeners have probably heard that term used here in the last um, 6 to 12 months. But, um, you know, that's something that is being logged by the telecommunications providers. So keep in mind... And then the NSA is getting it, right? Yes, yes. And, you know, it's so alarming to think that all of that data that might not actually show your exact communication. It's showing about your communications. It's going to show that you were using Facebook or Snapchat or some other type of social media site, maybe one that's a little bit more salacious than that, that you wouldn't want other people to know about. Um, but it's being recorded now by your, your telecommunications providers. So um, if you want to go to a social media site, that uh, you don't want potentially lots of others to know about, um, you should probably wait until you get to your own iPad at home or that you're not going through your telecommunications uh, service. For like, I always go to social media from my laptop, right. and basically, you know, through my um, ISP there, I have my settings to limit the amount of activity as much as possible, which is a little bit easier with your Internet service providers than they are through your telecommunications providers that you're using through your smartphones. Right. What about the security? I I don't think many people are using much security as much as they are on their laptops and their computers as they are on their mobile devices. What are you suggesting about that? 
Well, the, you know, there are a lot of um, security controls that you can put on your smart devices. There are actually a lot of good products that the same vendors who provide security protection and antivirus and anti-malware um, solutions for laptops, they also have that available for smartphones, like through Norton and McAfee and uh, Symantec and so on. So those, there are those types of protections available. Also, a lot of smartphones now do come with at least some minimal types of security. So you should be able to put passwords uh, on any smartphone today and make it a strong password. Now, that's not going to keep, you know, the bad guys from seeing what you're doing when you're going out to sites, but that means that if you lose or forget your smartphone somewhere and somebody else picks it up, they can't get out to all those same smartphones if you put a password on it, require them to enter the password before they get into your account and start doing things on social media sites to make it look like you did it. That could be very embarrassing. Exactly. And what do you think about texting? What kind of concerns should we have about texting on our smartphones? I have a lot of concerns about texting because people are putting such um, explicit information and photos through the text. And, you know, texting is one of the probably easiest things for the telecommunications providers to log, not only just the metadata, but when you're texting, there's copies, uh, usually there's copies of all of the actual content of those texts that are being stored somewhere within your telecommunications providers. So you, know, you don't want Verizon or Sprint or AT&T or whomever you're using to have copies in at least one and probably multiple servers of all of those text messages if you're sending stuff that you truly don't want anyone else to see. And, you know, we have all of the examples from politicians and, uh, right. you know, Anthony Weiner with his texting. Right. That's, his sexting. You know, texting? <laughs> that stuff is out now for everybody to see. And it's, yeah. It's just so vulnerable. I mean, texting is one of the most vulnerable types of digital communications that you could so that's something that don't do any texting if it's going to involve sensitive information. That's oh, my gosh. And, and when I think about how my kids, for example, I mean, most of the time they'll text me. Finally, I'll say, you know, pick up the phone and let's talk about this, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I will get text messages from everybody. And uh, it just amazes me from clients, uh, you know, because I'll give them my cell phone if they need me in an emergency. But, mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, it's like we got, you open Pandora's box, and it's yeah. out there, and everybody's doing it. But your kids text you, too. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, I got them smartphones to keep in touch with me, and they're, they're unusual kids because they don't really do that much texting. They just don't care for it that much. So, um, But I know that a lot of my other friends' kids do yeah. a lot of texting, and so I guess I, I feel pretty lucky. I think they've probably been hearing me talk about all of the risks of yeah. these types of things so much that they're kind of like uh, staying away from it, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Now, is it, you know, I, I don't put anything sensitive in a text at all, and I hardly text, 
But I'm just wondering, are there really good products to encrypt texts, text messages? There are some products out there. And in fact, um, you know, one of the areas I work within quite heavily is within the healthcare area. And there are some actual uh, text encryption products that were created, I believe, initially for healthcare. uh, So the doctors, because doctors and nurses, they love to use texting. They find it is much quicker to send a text to say, you know, here's information about this patient or here's something we need to do um, with regard to treatment. They like to use texting, but texting is very, as we've said and pointed out, very risky. And of course, you have HIPAA that says you've got to protect that. So there are um, solutions out there that were originally made for healthcare that I believe are now available um, to the, the wider public where you can actually encrypt uh, the texting that's going back and forth. So it's getting encrypted from the point in time it leaves your smartphone until it gets to the recipient and you would have had to have shared um, encryption keys with them. But the good thing about that is the fact that as it's passing through the telecommunications provider, it's encrypted. So you know, they aren't actually being able to get to the actual content. They just see, you know, a bunch of what looks like mixed up garbage because it's the, the encrypted version. So there there are tools and solutions out there that people can use if they really, really want to use texting um, as a way of communicating sensitive information. Now, is it user-friendly, uh, the, the yeah, encryption you know, software, is it? It, it is user friendly because basically, when you're when it was created for the healthcare uh, doctors and nurses, they want to focus on patient care, which is understandable, and I'm sure, glad. So sure. They had to make it as transparent and easy for them to use as possible. So basically, it's um, a solution that you load onto your smartphone, and then from that point forward, when you're doing your texting. Um, it's encrypting your text messages, but it, it takes a little bit of setup at the very beginning so you can indicate, you know, who you want to receive um, encrypted communications from and send them to. But once you get it set up, why well, it's it's pretty transparent. And then you can give like a password to that yeah. for that. Okay. Okay. So it works just like other cr- encryption. All right. Yeah, pretty similar, except, you know, made for the smartphone keypad. I think that's something really important. Now, do you have any particular products that that you know of that are pretty uh, user-friendly for texting? Oh, you know, I don't have any favorites that I would um, recommend specifically. I hate to name specific vendor names, but if uh, your listeners want to just go out and do a very quick and easy search on... um, text smartphone encryption solutions or text smartphone encryption vendor, they're going to get a bunch that pops up. And again, if you look at your your primary security providers, they're Uh starting to get into that too. But um, that makes a lot of sense to me. It makes a lot of sense to me. So what about, um, well, I want to get to this because we don't have a lot of time. Would you believe, you know, whenever I talk to you, Rebecca, it goes so quickly Oh, boy, it does. Yeah. I know. We only have about um, a minute, but do you have any 
just because I know you had wrote, written about this in your wonderful article, um, just some organizations, what you could tell some organizations to do in their policies, maybe two or three things that you that we should do and and then they can, you know, find out more at your website. Sure, definitely. Well, just very quickly, make sure that uh, you do, all organizations must have social media policies, get them documented and communicated to um, employees, and then, you know, cover such things as as appropriate use and the information that they should not post and whether, how to do marketing and so on. But yeah, like you said, if uh, folks want to come out to my website, um, they can see more information. It's at privacyguidance.com and also compliancehelper.com. And then, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, all of that will be covered in the article in your your journal. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Well, you are terrific. And Rebecca, we I just want to say your name again. So if anybody wants to Google her or actually she can, they can go on our website and we have a URL that links to your websites and you have books and all sorts of wonderful things. Rebecca, we love you and we are so grateful for all of your great wisdom. And we will talk to you again really soon. Okay. Thank you so much, Mari. I always appreciate it. Okay. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Minervine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. for Privacy Piracy and visit our website at KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. You can see our upcoming guests. You can click over to their websites. Uh, you can download podcasts, you can listen to archived interviews, and you can write us emails about what's important to you in the information age about privacy and security. Thanks. Have a great day. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.